Welcome to episode 25 of the Echo Ever Proudly podcast. I'm Brian Egan from the class of 86. As we celebrate the heroes in history of Gonzaga this bicentennial year, this week is part two of our salute to the theater. The Gonzaga Dramatic Association spring musical, Stephen Sondheim's Into the Woods, is giving its final performances this weekend. And after last week's chat with some GDA Hall of Famers from the class of 72, this week we shift the spotlight to three women whose talents have helped the Gonzaga Dramatic Association reached new heights over the last two decades. My name is Megan Goldsmith. I'm the co-producer for the GDA. When I started, I was Megan Thomas, and I was a sophomore at Georgetown Visitation. I had done theater at Visi during my freshman year. There weren't that many boys, and my friends wanted to go to Gonzaga across town. So I hopped in the back of somebody's car because everyone was going to audition for Singing in the Rain. And after Singing in the Rain, it took you a while to return to Gonzaga. I left again after Singing in the Rain and went back across town to uh, visitation because my parents liked it better that I was at my home school because it was taking a lot of time to do theater. I could do theater, but I couldn't be away. But then senior year, I told them, you know, look, sorry, I really want to go back over to Gonzaga because it's so much fun. But they said that I could go, but I couldn't be in the show because that would take too much time. But they were okay if I did something on stage crew or the production staff because they thought that would take less time. You're like, sure, that sounds like a great deal. I have no idea why they thought that. And I didn't change their mind. I didn't tell them any different. My boyfriend at the time, uh, Billy Flanagan, actually introduced me again to Mr. Buckley, Paul, and said that he'd had a lot of fun the previous year doing student production work. And Paul agreed to let me uh, help him out. And I kind of never left. So, Paul, the transition from Billy to then Megan, was is this just kind of a happy accident? Certainly in, in, in my time, I don't know if they had it prior to me, but Billy Flanagan was the student producer the year before. He had proved to be so useful. He was like, wow, this is nice to have. When Megan offered to carry the same role the next year, it was like, yeah, of course. Now, Megan, just for those who may not understand, explain what the role of the co-producer is. That basically means that along with Paul Buckley, we're responsible for everything. But my biggest job is actually to be responsible for Paul. Um <laughs> <laughs> Because there's lots and lots of managing people, parents or students or personalities. And that's where I kind of have found my niche over the years is trying to make sure everybody uh, gets along. Up next, time to introduce you to a woman who really raised the bar of the GDA in the world of choreography. Hi, my name is Jay-Z Zesky. I graduated from Catholic University in 2013. Gonzaga was looking for a choreographer and I thought it might be a fun part-time job. I was forever late to my interview. Poor Mr. Buckley had to like wait an hour for me because I got lost <laughs> on my way trying to find the school. Somehow that didn't stop them from hiring me. And I ended up working with them on three shows for three years of my college experience and set them up with the choreographers that they used following me as well. And it was just a fun, wild ride. And some of the students still talk to me. Jay-Z, there's nothing worse than having having an interview and then just getting lost in the anxiety and being late. Oh, I don't know how, why or how he waited for me as long as he did, but I eventually made it there. I eventually got there and the interview, if I recall correctly, was pretty quick. Paul, let's take a couple steps back before you get the word out to Catholic that you need a choreographer. What was going on with the GDA program at the time? Choreography is always sort of the hardest part for us because none of us are dancers. Um, and, you know, we had Doc 
with the music. We had uh, people for tech. We had and we had Alan and Roger for directing. But Craig, it was always kind of a, a catch as catch can kind of thing that we did and it shows it was never really as i want to say professional but never as, as really as as technically correct as we as some of our other elements of the shows and so we were looking for a way to increase the production value there you know catholic has always had this outstanding musical theater program and they're literally two miles up the road you know maybe they have someone there who could come down and help and jay-z sent in her i think you sent in a resume i did um, yeah right it looked what do we know we didn't know dancing um, but, but we live for someone who knew what they were talking about. One thing I distinctly remember was that she came in very confident and very assured of herself as like, that's going to be really useful because we have a lot of people here who are very assured of themselves. She can't be a, a wilting flower against these people. She has to be able to stand up to them. And Jay-Z absolutely stood up to them. And <laughs> she had this knowledge base that we didn't have. Most of us, <laughs> most of the guys here, we, we do this by almost by accident. You know, this it's our other passion besides our subject matter, but we don't have the degree in it. You know, Jay-Z came in with, you know, she was getting a degree in musical theater. So she knew stuff. No one knew as much musical theater as Doc. But, you know, she knew some of the technical stuff and the theory that we didn't know, and especially when it came across the dancing, she knew light years beyond what any of us knew. Now, Jay-Z Zesky's talent stack raised the choreography bar at Gonzaga, and when she transitioned to other things, she left Gonzaga in good hands with Sarah Francis Hope Williams. Yeah, actually, Jay-Z asked me to assist her for 42nd Street. I was a sophomore at the time. I was super excited to do the show and had to kind of step back a little early. I was an RA at the time at Catholic, so I couldn't really balance both at the same time. Jay Garrick, another lovely Catholic student, assisted her. And then Jay asked me to come along the following year for Fiddler. It was like, hey, do you want to come do this with me? Like, I, I, he was doing a show, I think, at Toby's at the time and was like, I need somebody to help me. And I was like, yeah, sure, why not? Uh, that sounds like fun. So then I came in that year. And then the following year, Paul asked me, was like, hey, you just want to do the thing next year? And I said, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and Sarah, you went from helping Jay-Z to being a female first. The first female director for the GDA. And what was your theater background, Sarah, before you got to Gonzaga? So I was born and raised in Atlanta. I went to a performing arts high school where I cultivated my love for technical theater as well as dance and musical theater. I then came to Catholic in 2011 to study a Bachelor's of Music in Musical Theater. Uh, I graduated in 2015. While I was at Catholic, I spent a lot of my time as a performer, but I also learned skills in directing, choreographing, lighting design, and I was able to use that after I graduated in the professional theater world as a production manager. I've performed on stages around the area, and now what I do is I come to my students and I teach them all the things that I've learned in my professional career. Sarah, you mentioned one of the first things that you did on I Street was work with Doc Warman on his final show, Fiddler. What are your memories? What was it that stood out about him to you? The first thing that pops to my head is that I never saw him open up a sheet music. He never had anything in front of his face. He always played by memory and by ear and by heart. And every time he would sit at the piano and he would just go and you're like, oh, great, we're going. I love this, um, which was an incredible experience to work with as a choreographer. Um, and I'm sure for the students as well, just a man with so much knowledge in his brain. Megan, you mentioned that you were in Singing in the Rain and then you were a student producer. How many total productions do you think you've been involved with now with the GDA over the last couple decades? 40 now at this point. Yeah, because there are a couple of years we've done more than one show in a season. So, yeah, 
I've been around. <laughs> Megan, the Sheehy Theater renovation was completed in 2013. Was that something that for a lot of GDA alums was something that you just thought was never actually going to happen? We were being promised, you know, it's going to be renovated. It's going to be renovated. It's coming. It's coming. And and finally, you know, they started showing us plans. And it was kind of like, well, maybe they're actually serious this time. <laughs> um, but yeah, once the building got renovated, it was kind of like, all right, we can't underperform. You know, we've we've got this great new space now. What are we going to do to fill it? And so um, having people like Jay-Z and Sarah come along and really kind of show everybody what we can do with all these bells and whistles uh, was awesome. Jay-Z, you've been around the country. You've seen performance schools. How would you rank in Zaga's theater program and what the Sheehy Theater is now capable of with that incredible shop and everything else going on compared to other high schools around the country? Is it top 50%, top 10%? I, I would definitely rank it very high up there. It is one of the few schools that does not solely focus on theater that puts on productions of this quality within the country. So it's definitely a place where if a parent isn't just wanting to send their kid to a musical theater-based school like Interlochen or the Chicago Arts School or something like that, and they want their kid to have the opportunity at a rigorous academic program, as well as have the ability of a top musical theater program, Gonzaga's way up there. It's one of the best programs I've seen. Sarah, you came out of a performing arts school in the Atlanta area. Would you agree with Jay-Z's take that Gonzaga has one of the best theater programs in the country? I 100% would. My theater at my own high school was nothing like this. We didn't have these incredible resources that, uh, as you know, someone who's been working on these productions for multiple years, have. And the support that we have from the faculty, the staff, the administration, in order to put on these incredible experiences for the students is nothing like I've ever seen or worked on. And a lot of times better than professional shows I've worked on as well. Jay-Z, I want to come back to you now. You've been away from the program for a minute and you only spent three years on I Street, but I imagine there's got to be some memories burned into your brain from some of the productions. Well, what stands out? What are the things you instantly think of when you think about the Sheehy Theater and Gonzaga? I don't remember being there very long. I more have very clear, vivid memories of the working with the kids and putting the choreography together and the football players wanting to do all the lifts and how all of a sudden we became as popular as football somehow. That was funny when that happened. And then teaching 42 high schoolers how to tap from scratch. Uh, so we did workshops leading up to it, tap programs. I was helping the students buy tap shoes and that was by far the toughest, but most fun show of them all like kiss me kate will hold a special place in my heart because it was like the first one but nothing really tops my experience with 42nd street with gda is there any one student that struggled with those tap shoes yeah poor ryan emerson um it was like he had two left feet but he had been featured dancer in two of my other productions and i knew at the end of the day he'd put his nose to the grind and get done what he needed to get done he was also a bit of a troublemaker, if I recall correctly. So it was a good spot for him to kind of sit in so he wouldn't get in trouble. 
So it ended up, he'll kill me if he hears this, um, but he ended up being one of the better tappers and like being super into it because, and the other productions, one of the things that we kept yelling at him about was how deadpan he was in the face. We were like, Emerson, you need to show some emotion. And he was like, just so focused on the dancing. And then when the show finally came around and we were hitting tech week and we were yelling at him, Emerson, you have to show emotion on your face. I don't know what clicked in his brain, but suddenly the steps became clearer and the emotion hit his face and he just started having fun. So that was one of the ones that I was super proud of when I walked away from the show. The other one was Darren. She um, came in with a little bit of tap experience, but not a whole lot. And she was just having a rough year that year. Really wanted the lead. And didn't get it, but she ended up with, in what's my opinion, the better role in the show of the females, which is Anytime Annie. And it's just a blast to play that role because it's a cute little character role with a bunch of little tap solo features. She finally got the script, got into the character, and realized that she did have a really good role. And all of a sudden just stole the whole show and lit up the stage. And her tap improved drastically and was just a joy to work with the entire production. Sarah, any standout students that you recall? There's um, actually two that pop in my head. Schmaltz, Smutch? Oh my gosh, why can't I remember his name? Schmutz. Smuts. Smuts. Oh, he played hockey. I remember, and he was an amazing hockey player. He was in, it was Footloose with us, and everything you gave him, he just went, sure, why not? Let's go! And had, like, the best attitude towards everything. Smuts would just come in and be like, I'm ready. Sarah, what are we doing today? I was like, you're gonna dance. That's what you're gonna do. And he went, and he, he tried his best. Wasn't always the best dancer, but always wanted to lift somebody in the air. Could do that. Uh, <laughs> the sports players that come in always have such an open heart and are just like, sure, why not try something new? Was that also the same year as Richie Pettibone? Yep. Who is very much known for his football. Uh, didn't he go to Bama? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Roll tag. Richie Pettibone was also that year. And we've had a couple of other sports players in the past. Those two 100% stick out in my, my head. Lucas Warfield, wasn't he also wrestling mm-hmm. beforehand? And football. came to us his senior year and had so much fun with the other gentlemen who were in Greece with him. And they still talk to this day. They're all still so connected, which is an incredible thing to watch. Megan, it's your turn. Any standout performances? Maybe someone who just always made you laugh was just so much fun to have in whatever the production was. One that you you said made me laugh. Um, Eric Smith always made me laugh like crazy. Uh, He was in No Time for Sergeants. He was in the first version of Footloose that we did. And he just was one of those people that you were just drawn to. Whenever you see him on stage, you just wanted to see what he was going to do next. We were talking about sports people in West Side Story. We had, um, actually, he was in a couple of things, but AJ Francis was on stage with us. He was awesome. And it was one of those things where he just kind of, I think he kind of just fell into it. He was in Guys and Dolls. He was in Annie. Was he in Annie? Yeah. He was perfect to watch. He was this great big teddy bear. All right. I want to pivot from performers now to another very important role in the GDA, and that's the role for parents. Now, Megan, over two decades, I'm sure there's been certain families that have really stepped up and raised the bar and sort of been examples and shown leadership that then other families have followed that have helped support and raise the bar for the GDA. I love our parents. 
gosh, I feel like that could be an episode just itself. We've had so many families over the years that have, they've had, you know, three or four kids and we've just kind of roped them in and they've not been able to be let go of until their last kid is gone. And then we ask them to adopt someone else so that we can keep them. But uh, the curtains, the Flanagan's, the Sullivan's have been awesome. The McMahon's. Rizzo's. Oh yeah. The Rizzo's were really, really helpful when uh, their kids were around the Sheridan's. Um, Oh, goodness. I don't want to offend anybody by not remembering them off the top of my head. It's like 20 years of Rolodex that I got to go back through. I mean, that's huge. Um, there's def- You can definitely tell a difference in the students' participation and in their attitude while they're participating, if their parent is involved or if they are not. And it's funny because a lot of times at the beginning, the kids will say, you know, mom and dad, I don't want you here. Like, I want this to be my thing. But we tell them, no, you can't do that. Like, we want your parents involved if they want to be here. And then by the time they, you know, get to junior, senior year, they're so happy that their parents are around helping to serve dinner or be backstage and watch all the rituals or help sell tickets or run concessions. And it's just great to have them. Paul, any other roles where parents can be a huge help? Costumes. Oh, yeah. Costumes. Costumes. Yeah, that's a huge one. Jay-Z, anything we're missing on how important the parents are when it comes to helping? Oh, the hair and the makeup. That was super helpful because, oh goodness, the boys who had never done makeup before coming out going, is this correct? And they were like, the, the foundation did not match their skin at all. And the mom, you, you're just, there's, I, I'm one person and I'm supposed to be like, doing Gabby Barbuto's hair and then doing the makeup for Garrett. And then I've got a line of like 10, 20, you know, little Nathan Latois and Ryan going, did I do this right? And one of them, it looks white as a ghost because it's three shades too light. And the other has made their foundation three shades too dark and is orange and it's like oh no here's the makeup wipes go try again so the moms that actually like were back there to handle that whole situation were my heroes yeah you nailed it on the head when you when you talked about parents who support their student being there and with us and and megan kind of touched on this but we all become a giant family from the parents to the younger siblings to uh, even Megan's kids, you know, they all end up knowing each other and going through these experiences together, uh, which is what makes making theater so enjoyable is when you can all come together as a community and share a story. The parents who are, you know, there to kind of deal with the ups and downs of what can happen in a rehearsal process of you're called today, you're not called today. It's going to be a really long day. It's actually a short day. Everyone can go home. You know, it's the understanding that live theater is ever changing. And, you know, it's the support of the parents of their students trying something new or honing in on their craft that makes it so much fun for everybody. You know, as we talk about the Gonzaga parents, how often does it come up where the Gonzaga parents are also alums and maybe even also GDA alums? One of my favorite things when we did Beauty and the Beast is we didn't realize kind of until we'd gotten through just how many of the kids that were in the show 
had parents that were GDA alums. Mm -hmm. And so we actually took a picture on stage the last night of production of all the kids in the show with their parent that had been on stage before. And it was like 25 people on stage. It was awesome. Jay-Z, as a woman arriving at Gonzaga, did you feel welcomed? It's an all-boys school. I mean, were there any problems or do you feel like, well, (laughs) their moms raised them right? The boys were respectful. I never felt any negativity or any struggles of being a female in a male dominated space. In fact, um, Megan and I kind of walked around like we owned the place most of the time. (laughs) If you had to assign credit for the culture that you walked into, do you think it's the Jesuit tradition? Do you think it's the moms? Who would you give the credit to? I honestly personally think it's a reflection on Alan Latois and Paul Buckley because they didn't tolerate any of that. Sarah, when you came in after Jay-Z, did you have that same feeling? A lot of this, I actually credit to Alan. Alan put a lot of trust in me immediately and continued to have that in me. I actually talked to him on the phone yesterday um, and, and he's somebody who I'm still very, very close with. He made sure that the kids would listen and that his trust in us had the students trusting us. Never once did I ever feel as if somebody was trying to be like, oh, you're a woman, I'm not going to listen to you. Not once. And again, I can always accredit a, a, a mother to that. It's also just having the leadership, the way that both Paul and Alan carry themselves around the trusting people that they have, it allows everybody to fall into place, do what we're supposed to do. Sarah, when you were first getting involved with the GDA about a decade ago, was it nice having someone like Megan who had been there a while had already paved the way so you knew you had a woman you could relate to and look to for guidance at an all-boys school? Oh, yeah. It's uh, it's always been nice. I think there's been a few times where I've been like, I, where I would text Megan on the side and be like, but I want this. And so we, we teamed together. Yeah, you don't know about this, Paul, but we teamed together. Teaming. Uh, <laughs> we did that and, too. Yeah, so <laughs> you're breaking it. You're breaking it. <laughs> Throughout this time, also Megan has become one of my really close friends. It's been incredible, but but I I don't feel like we have to do that. We have the leadership, and we have the other people around us who are letting us create and do what we do, and they know that we're good at what we do. When we have that freedom, the kids trust us. And so we have this good rapport amongst each other to where it never it never feels like an unsafe space as a woman. Jay-Z, I can tell you want to add something. To your point about Megan and paving the way at 19 years old, watching her own the room and have everybody basically be the CEO kind of of the program and me going, yes, I want to be like that one day. One of the most magical things about live theater, sometimes when things are going wrong, is when it becomes the most memorable. Is there a moment, Megan, that stands out in your mind? Oh, geez. Um, (laughs) I mean, I remember like little things. It was arsenic and old lace, I'm pretty sure, that there was a cigar on stage. The actor was supposed to put it out onto a plate or an ashtray or something. Thought that it was out, kept on going with the scene, it wasn't out <laughs> and we had parents sitting in the front row and they were kind of trying to very subtly wave like, Hey, Hey, you know, it's there. And finally one of the dads stood up and like yelled at the kid and used his actual name. and was like, Alex, put out the cigar. <laughs> so, you know, that was when we, you know, accidentally tried to set the theater on fire. Now, Jay-Z, you were only a part of the GDA for three years. Was everything just fine during your shows? Oh, no, everything was never just fine. (laughs) 
Um, I forget which production it was, but during one of the productions, I was teaching them how to do a pretty complicated lift. And I always had them practice on me before I let them practice on the female students. Just because if I got broken, it was much better than if they broke one of the other high schoolers. There was one production where I accidentally got dropped on my head and ended up with a mild concussion um, backstage during the rehearsals. It was really funny though, because it, we, we just stood up and we just, we just kept going. I went to the doctor after and I was back the next day, you know, was just like, well, we can't lift me. So we're, we're going to hold off on that lift. And then I think, I think it was Brandon who broke his tap shoe on stage during 42nd Street and then had to borrow my tap shoe and go on stage. Sarah, what about you? So I get a call from Alan during Hairspray. It says, Sarah, can you come over today? And I was like, excuse me? Um, I'm actually working on a show right now. He's like, no, 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 just, just come over. We need some help. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Ended up coming in, helping out with some of the scenes, some of the, just time had gotten away from everybody. So I came in for the last week of rehearsals into tech and helped put together some of the numbers. But I think it was like two days before we opened, uh, we had these staircase units that the students were going up and up and down from. And one day during tech, I don't remember what was happening. Next thing I know, I hear a snap and one of the young ladies had actually fallen over um, from the stairs. So we had had a few little snafus with our set that year as well. So it was just kind of like this whole thing, but Afterwards, everything gets put back together. The students killed the show. I wasn't even the maid choreographer on this one. I still loved that production. The casting was impeccable. The music direction by Marika was amazing. Everything about that show was so much fun. The, the kids had fun. It was also my introduction to one of my first fully like graduating classes um, is how I met a lot of those freshmen and who I'd had until their senior year. That show had a lot of things going on backstage in the weeks leading up, but everybody that I've heard talk about Hairspray has absolutely loved it. And it's still a show that I thoroughly just enjoyed sitting and watching. Paul, Sarah mentioned Marika. You and Alan had a big hand in bringing these women into the program and allowing the program then to do its thing. How much pride does that give you? Uh, I, I've been so blessed to be able to work with these women because first of all, they've made the experience better for the kids what the kids have been able to experience here would not have been as good had they not been here. So that for me is what I'm most grateful for. At the same time, they have taught me so much. I've learned so much about theater that I had not known before. I'm constantly asking them questions. You would think that as producer and as one in charge of this for the past long time, um, <laughs> that I would have all the answers, but I don't know. I've, I don't have nearly the, the, the type of knowledge they have. Like I, I ask Megan technical questions all the time. I ask Sarah questions about, sh she knows every show in the book. And Jay-Z is the one who, who started this all. Like the, none of this, all, all these, these towns that we've come in with Sarah and Marika and Jay and, and Ellen and, and Tess. And it, it started with Jay-Z. I remember distinctly when Jay-Z came in, like we were setting the bar really high. And I remember talking to her about that, like, I'll say don't sell them short, but don't let them get away with, with doing less than what you want them to do. I recognize that she had very high standards and that's what we wanted. And, and it's not like they always are going to get it because these are kids who don't have the kind of talent or background necessarily. But by always making them try and achieve more than what they would have, it creates a better show. I think the kids have appreciated They've always 
loved having them there. I can't get, I mean, I could, I could literally spend hours talking about what Megan has meant to the GDA. There's a reason that she's in the Hall of Fame. She's, she's done so much for this program. Megan, what would you tell the young female students in the D.C. area who's maybe thinking about auditioning for a play at Gonzaga? I love my school. Like, don't get me wrong. I love my school. But it's different. Being at Gonzaga is a different thing. I would walk on campus as a student and it was like, it's going to sound weird. It's, it's the smell. <laughs> The smell of the old theater just was kind of like this huge sense memory for me. It was a place where I felt family. It was a place where I felt like I was safe, which was huge. And I'm I'm very cognizant of making sure that all the students that come through feel those things, even though we've renovated and the smell is long gone. But uh, it's a little humbling to think about the fact that, you know, had I chosen to do something else or had I said, all right, this is what I did in high school. I'm, I'm not going to do this anymore. How that might've made an impact, you know, after me, this is the thing I do for fun. This is an opportunity for me to feel like I can give the students what I had. Like I want them to feel the way I felt when I was there. Cause I think that that's how you keep the legacy going. Sarah, Megan just mentioned the word legacy. I imagine there's going to be some rising freshmen who are going to show up on campus in the fall. What message would you want them to consider when they're thinking about what to get involved in and why trying out for a play or a musical might be right for them? I have a huge philosophy that theater is for everyone and that everyone can get something out of it. And as an educator, I really want to make sure that all of my students learn something. I don't care if you learn something about theater. I don't care if you learn something new about yourself, about somebody else. I want you to learn something and to gain an ounce of confidence. That is all that you can really hope for. And I want all of our incoming students to try something new with an open mind. Become confident in your own body and your own voice. It, every show that I've been a part of since my first year, gets better and better and better and the students are rising every single time and that's all we want to continue to do sarah francis hope williams megan goldsmith jay-z zesky and of course paul buckley from the class of 86 thank you all so much Thank you, guys. Thanks. that puts a wrap on episode 25 part two of our salute to the theater and remember, as high as the bar is set now for GDA, especially since the 2013 renovation of the Sheehy Theater, we're only able to reach those heights by standing on the shoulders of giants like Alan Latois, Brother John King, and the late great Doc Warman from the class of 57. Remember, feedback's always welcome. You can shoot us an email, podcast at Gonzaga.org. Be sure to follow, subscribe, and share with anyone who you know loves Gonzaga. Until next time... Ad maorium dei gloriam, and hail Gonzaga.